Welcome back to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess. Today's guest is former Urbana Superintendent Preston Williams. Good afternoon, Dr. Williams. Good afternoon, Elizabeth. Prairie Elementary School was renamed the Dr. Preston L. Williams Jr. Elementary School. How was that particular school chosen? Well, it wasn't me. Uh, There were a number of individuals that felt that I deserve that honor. It's very humbling. I guess the process of talking to teachers, parents, uh, students, alumni, and a committee was formed and went to the board and, and they voted and decided to do that. And again, it's very humbling, but probably the greatest thing about it is my two oldest granddaughters actually attend there now. At what point in your life did you realize you wanted to be an educator? Probably very early on because in my uh, neighborhood that I grew up in, in Kankakee, Illinois, most of the, the individuals that were influential in my life were teachers. We desegregated the schools probably about the time I was in maybe fourth grade or so, uh, mid-60s. And some of the, the teachers that were, uh, as I said earlier, influential in my life, uh, I remember their names. One of them actually was at my uh, dedication to the school when it was renamed. She actually came. It was my third grade. She said third grade. I'm saying second grade, but teacher, Miss White. So they were very influential in the community and they were looked up to. So I felt, hey, that'd be a great thing to do. You've served as a teacher, a coach an assistant principal, deputy superintendent, as a superintendent for the Urbana School District. What do you miss most about being in the actual classroom? Oh, students. You know, I mean, that, 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 that's an easy one, Elizabeth. Uh, students are really what makes it fun uh, because they're always energetic, even when they aren't. And at high school, they are very opinionated. They know everything. Uh, and then when they come back afterwards... After you've been out 10, 20, 30 years. Don't look at me like uh, that. <laughs> they come back and, and it makes you feel real good. And, and it's a very humbling experience when they talk about you and what you were able to do and how you influence what they've been about. And, and so, yeah, it, it's all about the students. Urbana is known for its diversity. Was that one of your goals when you became superintendent? Almost oh, definitely. Uh, as you, I can probably call out names like uh, Polly Washington and Chris Hopkins and uh, Jackie Matthews and Grace Mitchell and even Ryan Garrett, who just passed recently. There was something about being in Urbana uh, that it was about diversity. It was about celebration, but acknowledging the fact that we all have something to contribute and making sure that every every student uh, felt like they had self-worth and they could do anything that they put their minds to. Uh, and so it was early on that we really, I mean, people like Jackie Matthews who came from the South that were recruited. So it was something that Urbana has had a tradition going all the way back to probably in the early 60s. They recruited diversity. And now it's even more diverse because of our Hispanic population coming in and our Asian population. So it's continuing that legacy, which is exciting and, and really makes you good, feel good about yourself because you were a part of it. If I called your office and said, hey, I got a job at the university, I'm moving my family there, I'm trying to buy a house in Urbana, Champaign, St. Joe, sell me on why I should enroll my children at Urbana. 
Well, first of all, I would tell uh, how many times did I have that conversation. For me, it was always about the education itself, first and foremost. We've got great teachers. Teachers are very educated. They love kids. Of course, there are challenges. Uh, we are diverse, not only racially, socioeconomically, culturally. Uh, and I think in this, this day and age, your children really need to be a part of that because unlike some people who feel that you can kind of cocoon yourself off or go behind a gated community and eventually you're going to have to come out. You're going to have to understand and learn how to work with all people, no matter who they are. And that's important. The fact that our community cares about education. How often do you see the mayor at opening ceremonies for a school district or taking part in volunteering and the, and the chief of police and the fire chief and uh, city council people showing up and uh, the number of community people that volunteer in our schools and the fact that we have probably, I think, about 30 to 45 languages spoken. The fact that we have dual language programs in both Spanish and French. Uh, the fact that we do have neighborhood elementary schools, that our high school is one of the top high schools in the state academically. And we do all of that with uh, probably something that people say, well, how can you do that because you have such um, socioeconomic diversity? And we do it because we care about what kids are getting. We care about the fact that there's a future form. And a lot of times, Elizabeth, they really don't know what they can do. I mean, you just don't want to prevent something uh, from happening in their life that's positive and effective by kind of quoting that dream. You don't want to do that. You want to make sure you uplift them as much as possible. And so that's what we're about. And so I would invite you to come in and take a look at the schools, walk around, see our early childhood center or school our adult ed center, and, and see for yourself. Fights happen at every school, all over the place. Do you feel the media unfairly focuses on what happens at Urbana? I've always felt that way, personally. As a teacher, as a coach, as a superintendent, I really felt that in this community, there, there's a kind of a stigma that seems to be associated with Urbana. Don't know why. When I first came here back in the early 80s, they had a referendum to put the two cities together, I think, and it was defeated. I think the fact that at one time the Courier was a newspaper that was based in Urbana, and now you have one newspaper, which is based in Champaign, and all of the television programs are in Champaign. I think the radio programs, for the most part, and I could be wrong, are all in Champaign. And so they tend to focus on things like that. I mean, I think a lot more on Urbana, but I think Champaign, because you hardly ever hear anything about, you know, Muhammad or St. Joe or uh, some of the Philo or, you know, Unity as far as some of the issues that they have. But when I speak to their teachers and their administrators, believe me, they, they have some of the same things that are occurring within our system are happening with them. What are the disciplinary practices at Urbana? Let's say you get in a fight versus actually threaten somebody versus bring a weapon to school. What are the practices in place? Let me clarify by saying I am retired again. Uh, so I am no longer associated with Urbana School District 116. So the policies may have changed a bit. I can only go on 
my understanding and what I was a part of, okay? When you talk about in school, out of school, and expulsions, those are the extremes. Uh, For the most part, if something goes down with a student, the first thing that happens is, is a conversation, not only with that student, but with the other students involved and with the parents, okay? Now, if it's an infraction that's severe, for instance, if, if a student brings a knife to school, okay, you, you have a, a set of state laws that govern if a weapon is brought to school, there are certain things that you have to do, which a part of that is reported to police and, and those kind of things. And then as a school district, you have to decide on, there's not a, a cookie cutter kind of way to do it or a cookbook. If it's A, then this happens. If it's B, then this happens. No, you're a professional as an administrator. You talk with your colleagues, your other administrators, and then you decide on what consequences would best fit that. What were the, if there was an intent, if there was a threat, those things heighten the consequence. So for instance, if there is a fight where there are two people going at each other with fists, you talk to the two, you speak to witnesses, you determine what what occurred, and then you give consequences. If one was the aggressor, then of course that student gets a little bit more of a severe consequence than the other person, but they would receive some type of consequence. And depending on what actually occurred, what the incident was, then that's what your consequences are based on. You retired, you mentioned that, and then you got- Twice. You got brought back (laughs) for a variety of reasons. What did you need to accomplish the second time? Second time was was challenging as well, Elizabeth. It's because I had been retired about five years. So I wasn't really into the educational scene. Of course, I'd read the newspaper. I'd have people come up to me in the grocery stores or out in a park to tell me what was going on and always referred them back to the administration or to the board. Uh, second time coming in, quite honestly, there was a great deal of anger on the part of the staff. Uh, There was a lot of disappointment on the part of parents and the community. There was a great deal of concern about some of the practices that were occurring in the district, and they wanted it solved yesterday. Uh, And what I tried to explain to them is it didn't happen in one day, and it's going to take time to walk through this. And, And the first thing I had to do was take a good hard look at what was actually occurring in the buildings. Because to me, that's the primary purpose of education. It's got to be about the students. And so my team and I went about establishing that and making sure that we had clarity of purpose with our administrators and our staff as far as our students are concerned. That's academically, that's discipline, that's professional development. That's public relations. That's everything. Making sure that they understood that there was leadership, that we had a direction, that I wasn't going to be there forever. I had a set amount of days that I would be a part of it, but I'm going to be here until the end and I will be making changes as far as what I felt professionally needed to occur along with my team. People like Gail Jeffries and Gene Corder, uh, who I worked with for 20 plus years. Uh, And so we set about 
changing the mindset of what was going on with our students, with our staff, and with the community. But I also think uh, there was a, a, a huge amount of work that had to be done, and I think the administrative team that they have in place now will, will do a fantastic job. I mean, they're accomplished individuals, and they brought in some great folk from uh, the region. And I, like I said earlier, my two oldest granddaughters are in the district, and I feel very comfortable in the direction and what they're doing and the staff development that's in place, not only for uh, teachers and, and aides, but also administrators. So I think there's going to be great things happening for Urbana. Are you done, done? You know, you know, my mom would always say, you never say you're done, done. I, I do a lot of consulting work. I enjoy that. Uh, I work with teachers and administrators. I still have mentees that are brought into education and brought into Urbana and Champaign that I still work with. So, no, I'm probably not done done. Uh, it would have to be something extremely needed uh, for me to uh, do it full time again, though. Speaking of Champaign administrators, uh, Champaign was in the news recently with some impropriety from some of the administrative staff. Again, do you think the legal issues Urbana got involved in get more negative attention than champagne? Sometimes it's, what have you done for me lately, but not in the sense of a very positive thing. It's like, well, what kind of gets the eye? P-cards have been around a long time. I mean, we've had P-cards in the district forever. Uh, and there are policies and procedures that you know, you have to follow. I'm not sure what occurred. Uh, there are some good people over there in Champaign uh, that do a good job. But uh, it just seems like there were some things that should have been done that weren't. And now they're being corrected. But unfortunately, that never goes away. And so anytime something comes up, that's going to be an issue. Okay, because right now, Elizabeth, they have a huge, huge amount of things on their plate with this construction that they're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, and quite honestly, I mean, right now they're, they're experiencing, I'm not going to say it's overruns because quite honestly, there was no way it was going to come in at the price that was originally talked about in the newspaper. And the years between when you received, when the vote was taken and, and approved, and when you actually started construction. There are so many variables involved in that, having gone through the construction at Urbana High School and Urbana Middle School uh, and Leal School. I can tell you, once they get into those walls and start figuring out that the, the as-builts that they have aren't correct and you've got to do all, I mean, you you got to figure out how to bring in uh, 1920 or 1930s, I can't remember when Central was built, with 2019, 2020 technology and innovation and meld the two so that they're seamless. That's going to be a challenge. I'm not saying they won't be able to do it, but those things cost. Outside of facility needs, what would you say are the Urbana school system's biggest needs? Well, you know, facilities are one of those things that, that Elizabeth, for me, Urbana has always been a district that tried to refurbish and upgrade as we went along. I mean, which is different. Because you can go into Dr. Williams Elementary School 
And there are upgrades that have taken place within the school that looking from the outside, you wouldn't know. But it's keeping up with the time, so to speak, as far as air conditioning, HVAC, uh, IT needs and all of those kind of things. So from a facility standpoint, I think Urbana's okay. Now, they haven't, you know, knocked down one building and built another since Leo. But the board and the district had a plan to upgrade each elementary school and the high school. And this should start the high school, then the middle school, then Leo, then King. Yankee Ridge looks fantastic. Yankee Ridge was the latest. So there are only two elementary schools that needed to be upgraded now. That would be Thomas Paine and Wiley. And I told you to put this on hold and I was going to bring it back. But I have to ask, when people move to the outlying communities for, quote, good schools, what does that actually mean to you? And I know that is a loaded question. Oh, it's very loaded. And since I am no longer a uh, an employee of any school district, I don't have to answer in a school district kind of way. I think Champaign and Urbana have great schools. I think the challenge for parents, and because I've had two children go through Urbana school systems, they both had a tremendous foundation. They were in Yankee Ridge, Urbana Middle School, Urbana High School. My daughter graduated from Illinois State University and the University of Illinois with her master's. Uh, my son went to Northern Illinois University, and he's doing well, teaching in Chicago now. The most important quality about uh, education are parents, okay? Parents are crucial. You cannot allow the school to just take over the education of your child. You must advocate for your child. Our schools are great. Do we have challenges? Of course we do. Most notably, as you spoke about, you see the media tends to magnify some of our uh, challenges a little bit more than others. But for me, my kids have had a tremendous education. They understand diversity, have no problem wherever they went. It's like people would come to them because they're comfortable in any setting. Because my son had friends from Pakistan, from Indonesia, and they're not afraid because they're different. And to me, that's something that you can get from being in Urbana-Champaign that you probably won't get the same in some of the outlying areas. But people vote with their feet, okay? And I think sometimes there's some underlying issues that are there that they prefer to be in a more homogeneous setting. And that's fine. I'm not going to argue with you about that. You have to do what's right for your children. I did what was right for my children, from my perspective. And, and they, they're doing great. And my grandchildren are doing great. Both of them are in a dual language program. And when they step out of the walls of school, I would say they're better set up to deal with diversity in the world because the world is not homogenous. I absolutely agree. And the challenge that we have, Elizabeth, quite honestly, as we look at the country, as it seems to be hurtling towards this great divide, that people just aren't willing to open up and be open-minded about something different. 
I mean, they, they seem to think that my way is the best way and you don't know what you're talking about. And, and I think that a lot of that has to do with the fact that they've been in such a isolated, enclosed kind of cultural divide that they don't understand that it's okay to be different. Okay? It, it, it's not taking anything away from you. It's just that they have different experiences and they're good people as well. But if all you've seen of diversity is what you've seen on television, or maybe you went to, and most of them don't even go to the movies anymore, but maybe you've gone shopping and, you know, it's kind of like when you walk in and somebody clutches their purse when they see you walk by or coming or, you know, the store clerk sees you and follows you. Well, you don't never had to worry about that, but I've worried about that forever because I think you have a very narrow minded view of a good versus evil. And I think where else outside of education do you have an institution that allows that? I would argue that there aren't any, certainly not church. And so for me, I, I think we're missing an opportunity if we continue to move farther and farther away from each other because of the fears that we have. And, and that's the challenge of public education. And that's something that we have to do a better job at of making sure that people understand your kids will be great. Your kids are going to be great. It's safe. You're going to get a fantastic education. And they're actually going to get something that they probably wouldn't get at some of those places. And that's some, some real straight diversity of thought, mind, and bodies. Thank you for listening to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess. Dr. Preston Williams, thank you so much for your time today. Well, thank you for having me.